We've talked about the physical stress that a calorie deficit is. It's also mental because you have to think a lot more. You have to plan. You have to make more decisions. Do I really want this right now or am I just having a craving that I need to acknowledge and let go? Am I, you know, just stressed out about something and the best decision would be to pick a coping mechanism that is not pounding a bag of Oreos? There's a lot more thought that needs to go into it. So planning meals, prepping things will really help you on the back end when you just don't have the time. Because it is true. Like we, (laughs) we get busy. We, the people who say we all have the same 24 hours in the day, I mean, technically we do, but some of us have children, some of us have three jobs, you know, we don't have the 24 hours in a day to spend that the 21-year-old influencer with dad's credit card on backup has to spend. We just don't. Hey there, welcome to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. I'm Brooke. And hello, I'm Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Iris, how are you doing today? I'm good. It's a beautiful day outside, and I'm excited because I told you before the show that I just re-upped my commitment with Ocean Trail, who's been my one-on-one coach since January 2022, um, who will be on the pod somewhere around when this releases. But I'm excited about that because we have a really good coach-client relationship, and I love the way she programs, and that's exciting to me. So that is exciting. I'm going to be re-upping with my coach as well, coaches. I have a nutrition coach and then I have a separate strength coach. So I'm going to be doing the same thing. It's nice. It's fun. It's fun when you find those coaches that you really connect with. Yeah, for sure. And who really know their shit and they know you, which is part of it now too, is that we've been together long enough. We're like, we know each other and she knows me. She knows my body. She knows my trends, like that kind of deal. So it's nice to work with somebody who can take the bird's eye view of all that because, you know, we all know we can get into our own heads about stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's super exciting. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Just, you know, doing the mom thing, doing the workout thing, doing the pole thing, doing all the things. (laughs) All the things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A lot of stuff going on. Are you still in your deficit? I am. It's been interesting because last week, funny story, I had an issue with my garbage disposal. So I had a sink that was not working. (laughs) So cooking food was so crazy. Like it was so crazy. I'd have to cook. I'd have to scrape everything in the trash. I'd have to go wash my dishes in my bathtub. I'm like, oh, oh, no. (laughs) So now I have a fully functional sink. I have a fully functional kitchen again, except one of my cabinet doors fell off. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) Just one thing after another. And it's always the kitchen. I'm like, can I catch a break? (laughs) Yeah. Closet doors can fall off, but not the sink, please. Yeah. So um, my calorie deficit's been good. Um, I had one day where I had a circle day, meaning, you know, I I went over my calories. But, you know, that's all right. It's one day. It's not going to derail all my progress. So... That's That's good stuff. It happens. I had a little bit of a calorie circus weekend, which I feel like every time you and I record, 
with just each other, I feel like, yeah, this weekend was a little bit nuts. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's just one of those things. It was uh, at the time of recording. It was Memorial Day weekend. So we had friends and family over, everybody who lives in town, grilled a lot of specialty sausage and cheeses and had the meat sweats all night long, but regret nothing. My husband's from Louisiana and one of the traditional Cajun sausages is called boudin. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. It's spelled B-O-U-D-I-N, but it's pronounced boudin. And it is in a sausage casing, like a sausage, but it's like ground pork and rice and seasonings, sage, like black pepper, red pepper, sometimes sassafras, which is a big seasoning down in Louisiana, which is not very common where I am in the Midwest. But, oh, it was so good. And uh, scale spiked up as completely expected. And uh, it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, but that sounds good. Yeah, it was so good. But yeah, back on it Monday morning, as we do. Oh, yes. You know, the whole start over Monday thing drives me up the wall. (laughs) So I'm not saying the back on it Monday morning as if you have a free for all every weekend and then you have to rein it in every Monday and then repeat the cycle anew. But just that I had an O day two in a row. It is what it is. You move on and then you just continue with consistency. You know, I actually had a very, very chill weekend. So things were pretty on point still. But, you know, we we all have those weekends. But yeah, it's not starting over again fresh on Monday. It's not, you know, it's, well, technically, it's Tuesday. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Although I did start on Monday because we had all of our festivities over the weekend. So <laughs> Oh, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. But yeah. It's what we call life, my friends. (laughs) What is the point of any of this if you cannot enjoy your life along the way? 100%. So what are we talking about today, Iris? I would like to go over some ideas that will help, hopefully help adherence in a calorie deficit. Because we all know that consistency is the thing that will help us reach our goals, (laughs) no matter what they are. And so we have a a short-ish list, and I'm sure we'll think of more as we talk, but just ideas and actions that can help you be more consistent in a calorie deficit. Yeah. It would be a good thing to mention, and we don't have to go super deep into this because we've talked about it, I feel like, ad nauseum, but, you know, make sure your calories are in a reasonable range. A deficit is a stressor on your body to begin with. You're going to be a little more hungry. You are going to have just a naturally higher food focus. You are going to have affected sleep. Don't make this harder on yourself than it needs to be. So what range would you suggest somebody stay in? And in my perfect world, you'd know your maintenance and then just drop 250 to 500 off of that, depending on the individual. But what would you say? So I really like that you brought up a range because everybody has a caloric range. It's not like you're going to get your calories set at a specific number. And if you, let's just use like 2000, let's say it's your range is 2000 calories. And if you eat 2001 calories, you've (laughs) fucked everything up. Like that's not how it works, right? So a caloric range can range anywhere from being in a slight deficit. That's like 250 below your maintenance to a severe deficit, which we're talking 1200 calorie diets, things like that. Not our favorite. (laughs) Not our favorite at all. So 
I like to set people within a calorie range just because that seems to be a lot more flexible for people. So I have people set their calories that being in a slight deficit. So let's say your calorie deficit is between 1800 and 2000 calories. You know, you have a little bit of wiggle room there. But I always recommend that people, if your strength training, eat on the slight calorie deficit range. Mm -hmm. So you're not super below your maintenance. It's going to take a little bit longer. It might not be as quickly as you would like, but it's going to be more sustainable and it's going to provide the benefit of having enough energy to be able to get you through strength workouts. It's going to be eating enough protein that's going to be able to help with muscle protein synthesis. It's going to be enough protein to help preserve as much lean mass as possible while you are in a deficit because realistically it is a stress on your body. If you're in a severe deficit where you're eating a thousand calories less than your maintenance, first of all, that's fucking stupid. I'm just going to say it. (laughs) Yeah. But second, there's no way that that's going to be sustainable. There's no way that's going to be sustainable. So I really like to set clients in a slight deficit. Now, if there are clients that want to see a little bit more quicker progress, I'll take them down to like a moderate deficit. I myself am in a moderate deficit right now and I'm feeling it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Like I can feel the hunger. I can feel the moodiness when my mood (laughs) starts to change. And that's also why I like to set people in a slight deficit based, you know, depending on what what works for that individual themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it is hugely individual because like a moderate deficit for me might be different for you, you know? Absolutely. It has a lot to do with how you feel, how consistent you can be, how you feel mentally and physically how consistent you can be without, you know, completely giving up your life and how your life feels right now for someone who's maybe been into this a little longer, a little more advanced, shall we say, like you or I, we're okay with making maybe more compromises than somebody else would be. And that's, that's us. And that's totally fine. If you're not, that's something to look at. If you have this idea in your head and you try it, and then you start to feel really claustrophobic, as the word I like to use for like diet stress, like you feel claustrophobic in your life because you can't do anything, go anywhere, eat anything, that kind of thing. Some of it might have to do with mindset, but some of it might have to do with your calories are just too low. So I'd say that would be point number one. And I will say, I will add on to that, like a moderate deficit at, at first was exciting, (laughs) you know, a little bit faster progress. You know, I don't want to be in this fat loss phase forever. So with my coach, we decided on a more moderate and a little bit more aggressive approach to this deficit. And at first I was like, yeah, this is great. Like, let's get in, get out. And then quickly you start to realize the things that come along with that. And we have a whole episode on the, the effects, the symptoms of a sustained calorie deficit, It's not all sunshine and rainbows. So I'll link that down in the show notes, but it's individual, just like everything we're going to talk about here is individual. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So a lot of times when people go into a calorie deficit, they will try to eliminate foods and they'll try to eliminate food groups or they will deem foods good and bad, clean, dirty, et cetera. So One thing that I think is very important in order to maintain and adhere to a calorie deficit 
is to realize that that's not going to fucking help you. Right. So the difference between like a flexible mindset and a rigid mindset really comes down to, I I think, your relationship with food. Mm-hmm. First and foremost. So if you are very, very rigid, you think foods are good and bad, clean and dirty, that's where that rigidity comes from, where you feel like you have to eliminate foods and food groups in order to lose body fat. That's not necessarily what the secret ingredient is to a calorie deficit, let alone adherence. You want to do something that's going to fit your lifestyle. So if you are a mom with three kids, and you want to follow a bodybuilder diet that's very, very rigid, that's probably not going to work for you. No, no, no. That will not work for you. <laughs> not probably. Probably. That will not work for you unless you are like a professional bodybuilder. Now, a flexible mindset is understanding that all foods can fit. It's understanding what moderation looks like. It's understanding you can't eat like an asshole. You, you don't want to eat only foods that are hyper palatable, easy to overconsume with a big calorie bang for their buck. You want to make sure that this flexibility is going to work for you because what your nutrition looks like in your calorie deficit should be what it looks like in maintenance. It should be what it looks like in a surplus. The food choices should not change as much depending on where your calories are at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've all been fed this idea that you know, there's diet foods and normal foods. And we've talked about this too a little bit, but like, we don't do that. We just, we have foods we love that we make slight alterations to when we go into a deficit to make them a little more bang for our buck with calories and protein. That's it. There's a low carb brand of sandwich bread that I get sometimes, not because it's low carb, because carbs are the devil or gonna, you know, insulin resistance, blah, 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 spike my blood sugar. But because because it's low carbs, it happens to be very low calorie, but I can still have a sandwich that is big and fat and juicy that I really like. It just fits better, you know, zero fat Greek yogurt to more fat Greek yogurt, little things like that that we've talked about before. Leaner meats, leaner fishes versus fattier cuts of meat just for this short period of time that fit better. It's all choices, right? It's little easy swaps like that that help adherence so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like even going out to eat, it goes back to what Brooke was saying, like all foods fit but you still have to be mature about it, right? You can't have everything all the time, especially if your goal has to do with moderating your calorie intake somehow. So if I'm going out to eat, I'm not going to get an appetizer because, I mean, with an appetizer and a meal, good luck getting out of that restaurant with a reasonable amount of calories in your body, right? I will have something like a salad that is very tasty, will fill me up, and I'll still get what I want as well. Um, You know, if there's something with fries, I'll probably eat half of them so I can still have the taste, still enjoy it, but I'm still cutting off some calories from that because of this goal. You know, there's compromises that you're going to have to be willing to make sometimes, but there's a way to do that with a flexible mindset where you don't, again, feel that claustrophobia, you know, and that panic about food. And I think it's worth mentioning too, like when you're eating out all the time, your calorie tracker is probably not accurate in those calories. Yeah. And when you want to talk about adherence, when you're eating out all the time, you have no control about how much oil people are using. You have no control over like 
you don't truly know how many calories are in there because even the calories that are listed on the menu aren't 100%. So really, in order to improve your adherence, it's going out to eat less. Yeah, I mean, even eating out, I think, is really difficult to practice mindfulness um, during yeah. those times because you're out with friends or a partner and and you know, you're just not paying attention. You're talking, you're laughing, you're maybe drinking, you're not totally present in your body and how you feel, which is fine. And when you have a goal that requires caloric moderation, maybe not the best idea to do that all the time. Yes, I completely agree. It's that and it's also understanding that when you are going out to eat, and and this is by no means meaning to sound kind of like an asshole, but like it's still a distraction. Yeah. You're you're unable to eat mindfully because there's distractions around you. There's friends, there's family, there's uh, a lot of food to choose from. And sometimes like, let's be honest, in a calorie deficit, your tummy likes to make the call like, <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> what sounds good in that moment. So a lot of times when you're going out to eat frequently, it can make being in a deficit that much more challenging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think brings us to the next point, which is planning. Planning, I think, is the most one of the most underrated hacks, if you want to call it that for success, you know, in consistency, nutritional consistency. Um, and people are super resistant to it. And I'm not sure why. <laughs> Maybe because they think they won't have the spontaneity or like, you know, go where the wind takes you kind of thing, which you can do to some extent and still plan. But there's also an element of like, you can only fly by the seat of your pants so often and expect to reach a goal that requires some structure and some boundaries. So planning for weekends, holidays, vacations, your period, have some kind of idea about what you're going to do when those things arise. Yeah, I totally agree. And planning your week, like yeah. planning what your nutrition is going to look like for the week, planning for moments where you can't plan. So for example, like I like to keep on hand a lot of high protein options. So like if I'm flying out the door, I can grab something quickly and go. Meal planning or not even meal planning, but food planning, just having a plan to what you can have available for moments of spontaneity. Mm -hmm. When you need something quick and easy, okay, protein, carb, fat, what can I grab? You know, little things like that can be super helpful. Or again, like I had mentioned, planning for the week. So maybe maybe that means you're batch cooking some protein. That way you can throw it on top of something, you know? Just like you said, Iris, there's only so much time you can fly by the seat of your pants until you're done flying. Your pants fall off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, batch prepping protein. My favorite way, I have a reel on this. It'll be out by the time this episode comes out. You know, you just throw a bunch of chicken breasts in a slow cooker, put some chicken broth in there until it's covering the meat, throw some seasoning, salt, pepper, garlic powder, onion powder, one or two bay leaves, throw that on low for eight hours. And then at the end of it, you have shredded chicken that you can do literally anything with. I've put like Mexican seasonings on it. My favorite is to throw some Sweet Baby Ray's original barbecue sauce in there, make like pulled chicken barbecue sandwiches, but I have this giant like vat of chicken that I can use for like four or five days. 
Yeah. And you can use condiments to switch up the flavor. Yeah, absolutely. We like to plan our dinners three or four days in advance. So first of all, I know what to shop for, and then I know what to cook, and then I know how long it will last. Little things like that, like I plan my own lunches, my husband's kind of on his own for those because I work at home, he doesn't. My breakfast is almost always the same thing. You have to set up some kind of food structure and routine for yourself, Um, and you can switch those up, you know, have a bank of repeatable recipes that are really tasty that also have some protein and preferably some vegetables as well that you can switch up and swap through when you get bored, but you still have those so you can plan for them and think less about it, right? There's the, (laughs) we've talked about the physical stress that a calorie deficit is. It's also mental because you have to think a lot more. You have to plan. You have to make more decisions. Do I really want this right now? Or am I just having a craving that I need to, you know, acknowledge and let go? Am I, you know, just stressed out about something? And the best decision would be to pick a coping mechanism that is not pounding a bag of Oreos. There's a lot more thought that needs to go into it. So planning meals prepping things, taking that time ahead of time will really help you on the back end when you just don't have the time. Because it is true, like we we get busy. We the people who say we all have the same 24 hours in the day. I mean, technically we do. But some of us have children. Some of us have three jobs. Some of us, you know, we don't have the 24 hours in a day to spend that the 21 year old influencer with, you know, dad's credit card on backup has to spend cooking her meals, you know, shopping, doing all this stuff. We just don't. Yeah. And I think that that's really good that you bring that up because I work with a lot of parents. I am a parent. Mm -hmm. I have three jobs. You know, That's why I said three. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, you know, that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand when they say that, like, oh, well, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Yeah. But that time spent is completely individual. Yeah. So quite an elitist statement, honestly. It really is. And I do exactly what you do, Iris, and I batch cook because mm-hmm. it's important. I will cook up some chicken. I will cook some rice. I will have, you know, things ready to go if I need them. And I think it's very, very challenging when you are flying by the seat of your pants and you're not coming up with a plan and you have to strategize if you're in a calorie deficit, like like in order to adhere to it and be real, you have to strategize and find out where am I falling short and how can I fix that? Mm-hmm. Well, that's that reactive living that just bites people in the ass because they don't take that time to plan ahead or prepare and then shit happens and then you're like, oh no, what do I do? Instead of okay, great. I can make a sandwich with shredded chicken. I'm good. I'm fine. I don't need to worry about it. (laughs) That kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I really, really love when I get clients that don't really have much of a routine because it's a really good opportunity to build one. So building a routine can also really help with adherence and calorie deficit. And, you know, something as simple as meal timing, You know, making sure that you're eating breakfast at a similar time each day, making sure you're eating lunch at a similar time each day, dinner, snacks, because what's going to happen is not only are you going to develop a little bit more mindfulness with hunger and fullness cues, but you're also going to know what to expect. And when you do that, you can carry that into the weekend as well. Yes. Yeah. You, You train your body to start to be hungry at certain times as well, which I think 
is helpful for knowing your hunger and fullness cues. But yeah, like you said, building that into a weekend routine, which is something that can be challenging for people is because a lot of times on the weekend, that's where the planning falls off, right? You don't have a routine. You don't have anything prepped. Sometimes, you know, that's the day people go out to eat, in which case, you know, bright lines we've talked about. Um, I feel like this whole time I'm saying we've talked about that before, but, you know, we have. This it's stuff doesn't really change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's worth repeating. You can never hear it too many times because sometimes you can hear it in a different way and it'll click. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. So, yeah, I mean, think about that. Set up a weekend routine for yourself, even if, you know, maybe one meal is a wild card because you're going out. You know, maybe you're the one that that does most of the food prep and planning. Maybe that's the day your partner's like, I want this. Can we do this? That's how it is in my house. Like I'm the one who usually just does the meal prep and planning. But on the weekends, you know, my husband's like, I really have a taste for this. Let's do this. Great. We can still plan for that because my breakfast is on lock, my lunch and or dinner, depending on which, you know, random thing we're doing is on point. It's just part of the routine. You guys, you cannot sleep on the planning. That's the effort that you got to put in that will just serve you so well, so well. Yeah. And shit, you could even plan for when you go out to eat by looking at the menu in advance. Mm -hmm. Things like that that people don't necessarily think of. Like I get a lot of people when they are in a calorie deficit, they get really nervous about going out to eat. And I'm like, well, just look at the menu ahead of time. And of course, like to me, that's like, duh, but most people don't even think about that. So it's really important to be able to take a step back, think about what you have control over. Yeah. That is what makes adherence improve is think about what you have control over and what you can do. Like what is the next best decision that you can make to adhere to your calorie deficit? Maybe it's not going out to eat with a friend. Maybe it's, you know what, hey, can we go on a walk instead? Making these little changes that are going to help you when you need help. Yeah. And talking to your people about it, you know, not that you have to start every conversation with, oh, I'm in a calorie deficit right now. But, you know, when when I'm in a dieting phase, a deficit, a fat loss phase, whatever you want to call it, um, my husband knows and he knows that I don't want to go out to eat more than once a week because it's just easier to stay in my calorie range. But I think another one that we should talk about is figure out what works for you in terms of how you split up your calories throughout the day. Because I see a few things. One of them is people have teeny, tiny, tiny meals. They try to mm -hmm. keep their meals as teeny, tiny, low calorie as they possibly can. And then one, they're starving because their meals are teeny, tiny. And they're snacking all day because they're hungry because their meals are teeny, tiny. And then they wonder why they're never feeling satisfied and they're always hungry. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Eat bigger meals. Yeah. That, that definitely happens. That, and I agree. Like you got to beef up your meals, making sure that your meals are well-balanced. If you're eating things that are always zero fat, you know, high protein, which is great. I love high protein. That's fantastic. But it's a, it's a sweet combination mm -hmm. that keeps you nice and full. So beef up your meals, make sure that they're well-balanced, make sure that you, you can see a protein, a carb, a fat, and a veggie on your plate. In that... See how you can divide up your calories per meal so that you have a substantial amount of food and one that you like, right? So I personally tend to have a 
rather large dinner, a lot of calories at dinner, a sort of medium-ish lunch, and then a, a small breakfast because I, I lift pretty early in the day. But I don't want to do it on an empty stomach and I don't want to do it full. So I have a just a small something of protein and carbs before I lift. And then afterwards, I have a, a bigger meal. So see what works for you. Experiment. Don't be afraid of experimenting with these things. Because once you know, you know. But if you never try, then you don't know, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Does <laughs> make any sense at all? So maybe you're a person who works out later in the day. Maybe you want to have a lot of calories at breakfast. Really fill up. Have a smaller lunch and then a more moderate dinner. Maybe you don't really like going to bed on a full stomach, so you have a smaller dinner and a smaller breakfast and then a larger lunch. You know, there are different ways to play with this to see how it works with your body, your lifestyle, your schedule. Try it. Yes. I've done that where I've taken my daily calories and divided by three or four. Actually, no, I've divided it by four. I'll take my daily calories, divide it by four, and that's how many calories I have at each meal. Mm -hmm. And... That works for me, but it might not work for you, Iris. Like you probably won't want like a nice big breakfast before you go lift in the morning. You know, like you have to figure out what works for you, but it's a really good strategy to try to implement and figure out what it is that you and your body enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I, I want to add too, it's not that snacks are bad. No, snacks are not fine. at all. Snacks are fine. Just be aware if you're the kind of person who is trying to have these little teeny tiny meals and then you're peckish all day long and you're never satisfied and you're always thinking about food. Think about that. Snacking too much is, I see a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. Sometimes it requires redefining what a snack is for you. You know, instead of a bag of potato chips, which you can have with a meal or whatever, it's, you know, cucumbers and a, a Greek yogurt dip or some kind of other veggie and like beef jerky or something like that that serves you better than something that is very calorically dense and won't fill you up or keep you full for very long at all. Which I yeah. repeat, you can still have. Just be aware of when and how much. The last one I would like to talk about is, you know, owning your decision that you're in a deficit. This is your choice. You're choosing this. No one has a gun to your head telling you that you have to lose 10 pounds or 30 or 50 or 75, you know? This is your choice. Even if this is for your health, a doctor maybe said, you got to do this. Let's make some changes here. It's still your choice. You don't have to do it. You could tell your doctor to fuck off and not do it. Yeah. This is your decision. You have to own that decision. And acknowledge and be okay with some of the stuff that comes along with being in a deficit that are not sunshine and rainbows, like hunger, like food focus, like, you know, the compromises that you have to make, like talking to yourself and saying, you know, I don't really need this 500 calorie ice cream cone right now. I can have it if I want it. I'm choosing not to because it won't help me in the long run right now. It's not serving my goal. Speaking from experience. Yeah. Well, and I love that you brought that up because to be honest, like we've all been through it. We've all been through it where we're feeling a little in our body. We immediately decide I want to be in a calorie deficit. This actually just happened to me like two months ago. <laughs> I was in the middle of going through a breakup and said, I want to be in a deficit. That was not a good idea. It still happens, 
right? Mm -hmm. Like every once in a while, it still happens. But you do have to make a decision. Shit or get off the fucking pot. Yeah. Like that's the decision you have to make. Either I'm going to be in a deficit or I'm not. And if you're not, that's okay. Pick it in maintenance for a while. You know, like live it up in a surplus if you want. But you have to own the decision when you decide to make that decision. It is a commitment to yourself that you have to follow through with. And it's okay if maybe being in a deficit isn't right for you right now. A couple months ago, me being in a deficit was not a good choice. Now, three months later, it's like, yeah, you know what? I think I am ready now. I can own being in a deficit. I can hold myself accountable. I hired a fucking coach. Shout out Coach Christy, TBFF, mm-hmm. what up? Whoop, but whoop. like <laughs> <laughs> on another episode of Why Am I Like This? <laughs> but it came down to... When you decide to be in a deficit, don't half-ass it. Do it with your whole ass. If you're going to do Both it, glutes. go for it. <laughs> right cheek, left cheek, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's so true, though. I mean, it's it's a choice and a privilege, honestly. I mean, how privileged are we that we get to choose to go in a diet? Meanwhile, there are people who don't have a choice, literally starving in India, and this is not like to shame people, you know, the clean plate club. There are children starving in Africa. I've always thought that was dumb. But the fact remains, like, this is a huge privilege that we can even worry about this stuff, you know? Most, it's so funny because I was literally thinking that as you were talking about (laughs) that. And, And it's so true. Like, just make sure that whatever action you decide to take is something that you are willing to follow through with. Because if you're not willing to follow through with it, guess what? It ain't going to fucking work. Yeah. Take it from me. (laughs) Yeah. And also, and Brooke, you're a good example of this, is you can't be upset with yourself when you don't get the changes that you want to have because you decided that now is not a good time for a deficit. Exactly. You cannot be pissed off at yourself for not making progress with work you didn't do. Yeah. Period. Period. That's something that I think a lot of people you know, they do is they realize like, oh, I'm not consistent in a deficit, but why am I not seeing results? Well, because you're not consistent in a deficit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about this over the weekend because we did have an American holiday weekend and I was just thinking, you know, the morning after seeing a bunch of posts and complaints and people, it's like, there's a massive disconnect sometimes where people make choices because everything is a choice. Everything is a choice. Everything has a trade-off. They make choices and then they are surprised by the outcome or disappointed or angry or, you know, mad at themselves or what have you. For example, a day of overindulging and the scale spiked. Well, no shit. (laughs) No fucking shit. Why are you surprised? You know it's going to happen. I'm not trying to be an asshole here, but you, why are you surprised? Why are you even upset? Because your body is working the way it's supposed to work in reaction to the decisions that you made. And if you want to stop being upset with your body, doing the things it's supposed to do when you make certain choices, make different choices. Yeah. And when you're in a deficit, like I want to challenge you to ask yourself questions, get curious about your progress. You know, if you're in a deficit and you're like, oh, no, it's not fucking working. 
And you're not taking a look at your consistency. You're not taking a look at maybe the foods that you're choosing. Like not that any foods are good and bad, but like if you're eating a lot of less nutritious foods that are high, hyper palatable and high in calories, and you're just like, I don't know why I'm not losing weight. Ask yourself, challenge yourself, track your progress honestly. Yeah. That's something that a lot of people don't necessarily feel comfortable with doing is being honest with themselves. You have to be honest with yourself if you're going to be adhering to a calorie deficit. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the only person you're screwing over when you're not is yourself. Yeah. Like if you have a coach, you're not going to, you're like, that's not going to affect your coach. Yeah. I mean, we'd be sad that you're not getting what you want, but again, it goes back to the decisions that you're making. Yeah. We're not going to shame you for it. We're not going to like be completely wrecked and heartbroken and lose sleep. But you have to understand, like, you are the only one that you're screwing over when you don't track honestly. And, you know, there's a difference, and we can wrap it up after this, lest I go on another tangent here, but there's a difference between being anal and obsessive in tracking and being accurate enough to know that you're actually doing what you need to do. Yes. I love that you brought that up because like sometimes people will sit there and be like, I've been super consistent with tracking. And you look over their stuff and it's like, yeah, you've been consistent at tracking, but like, how did you, did you really eat four ounces of chicken? Mm -hmm. Are you weighing and measuring your food accurately? Because I get people all the time that they're like, well, I don't want to weigh and measure. So you, you don't know, like you don't know what you don't know. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you want to make sure that when you're in a calorie deficit, if you're tracking calories, do it accurately or why the fuck are you doing it? Yeah. Sorry. You're wasting That's your just, time. <laughs> no, it's true though. <laughs> I just get really particular about that because one thing with when people say they're in a calorie deficit and they're tracking calories, what they'll do is they'll go in to whatever app that they're using and they'll type in like boneless, skinless chicken breast and they'll just select it they're not actually choosing a portion size or they're not weighing or measuring their food accurately. So they don't even know what a true serving size looks like. And they'll say, I'm in a deficit, but really they don't know if they're in deficit because they're not doing the things that they need to do to accurately track that. Mm -hmm. And it's okay if you don't want to track calories. That's totally fine. There are a lot of other methods that you can use to get you into a calorie deficit, but... If you are tracking calories, this is just for this scenario. If you're tracking calories and you're realizing, well, I'm not seeing any progress, ask what you're not doing accurately. Yeah. It all just comes back to managing expectations, right? I mean, everything we've talked about here, you have to manage your expectations. You know, if you're not willing to plan, if you're not willing to maybe set up some meal times for yourself, if you're not willing to own your decision to even be in a diet, that's fine. Totally fine. You do you. It's your life. But your expectations of what you're going to get out of it have to match what you're actually doing, right? I can't be in maintenance and expect to shred down. It's just not what happens. I can't be in a surplus and expect to be losing weight. (laughs) It's not how it works. So, It comes back to integrity with our actions and integrity with ourselves. This is not easy. Being in a deficit is not easy. Taking ownership is not easy. Reexamining thought patterns and behavioral patterns is not easy. But you got to do it, fam. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I could not agree with that more. Well, thank you guys for joining us. I know we we went on a little bit of a tangent near the end, but I it's love it only when we because do that, honestly, I do too. I do too. It gets me a little fired up. It gets me gets me a little sexy. <laughs> <laughs> but really, like we say it because we do care, and we've been there. We've experienced this shit. There are times where I still experience it every here and there. You know, like mm-hmm. it's it's just because we care. So just know that we love you. Thank you for listening today. Yeah, we believe in you. We know you can succeed. We want you to succeed. And we're just putting this out there in in hopes that it gets some wheels turning in the old brain meat to turn it up a little bit. Because sometimes that is the course of action that you have to take. Sometimes you have to turn it up a little bit. You just do. You need a kick in the booty sometimes. Yeah. If you have a goal, you're going to have to put in some effort. I mean, take a shot. Don't. But take a shot every time you've heard me say that, which is like every other day once on the hour (laughs) anyway thanks guys for hanging appreciate your time and we'll talk to you next time same time same place bye-bye love you bye thanks for listening to tater talks two bitches talk fitness if you enjoyed the show let us know by writing a review subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts find me iris on instagram at iris deadlifts and you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at Get You a Brooke. We'll talk to you soon. Nice. Nice. <laughs>